Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Beat the House with your host here, Justin Everett, aka Smooth underscore 702, known on Twitter, also known as X now. Uh, got another great show for you guys for Hump Day on Wednesday uh, with the you know college football week one kicking off on Thursday. Going to recap, you know, the MLB action from Tuesday night, as well as have a best bet in the MLB for Wednesday night, as well with the NFL week one season or, or uh, week one around the corner. Uh, there's been some uh, some roster moves made, you know, with some cuts, waves and some recent trades, you know, some things that stood out to me that may fly under the radar a little bit, but uh, some some moves that some teams you know, made uh, to, you know, try to improve the team or, you know, some shocking, you know, uh, roster cuts with with some waves for a handful of teams there. But, you know, before we get into that, um, let's, uh, if you haven't already, if you've been following the show, been following me for a little bit, um, head over to Apple or Spotify. Just give me a quick rating or review, subscribe, download, share the show. Been doing really well here. Uh, The show's been growing uh, you know, week by week. Um, so we just want to continue to keep that going. And, you know, like I've stated before here at Beat the House, you know, we try to I try to bring you a little bit of a different uh, perspective when it comes to handicapping. You know, there's a lot of different ways to approach it as far as, you know, a, a data, a data driven plays or trends or historical data, or historical uh, betting systems and things like that. Uh, we try to incorporate a little bit of everything you know, to have uh, the best opportunity or the best, you know, ways to, you know, turn a profit, uh, find the edge and, you know, give out free winning plays and try to, you know, stack wins and go on winning streaks there. So, you know, we talk a little bit about, um, you know, respected money, line movement, betting splits, you know, some uh, stats, uh, you know, predictive stats for the major sports that matter, putting them in proper context. And, you know, watching a lot of games and just a feel for what's going on, you know, coming into, you know, certain situations with teams, uh, with the motivational factor, teams playing for something versus teams that are, you know, not playing for something as we're looking at the last, you know, 30 games or so winding down for the uh, Major League Baseball season. So, you know, like I stated, you know, if you haven't already, uh, head over to Apple or Spotify and make sure that you rate, review, subscribe, download, or share the show. So uh, with that out of the way, let's quickly move um, into the first topic of discussion. And that's just, you know, the recent moves with some NFL roster moves being made, you know, with some cuts and some recent trades or some waves. Um, And one of the, um, you know, one of the teams that stood out to me that made a move, you know, were the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, they traded for a tight end for the Broncos and Albert O., uh, you know, he was a, you know, a, a top dra- a draft pick for them, but uh, didn't really produce, you know, as um, as much as they might have thought he did once Russell Wilson came over there. But I think this is a lot better fit, you know, for Phil- in Philadelphia for him as, you know, they already have a, one of the top tight ends in the game in Dallas Goddard. But, you know, there's a lot of other, you know, top notch weapons like A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. And uh, the back, the uh, the running backs coming out of the backfield there, and you know Jalen Hurts is uh, you know running things over there as well. So I think this is a good situation for him as well. As for the Eagles, there you know probably look for them to you know run a lot of two tight end sets and get their top two you know receivers 
you know, on the uh, on the field, you know, with, you know, a running back, you know, one of their top running backs uh, on the back out of the backfield as well. So look for them to be a little bit more physical as they were a little bit more, you know, finesse, uh, you know, last year. So expect them to be a little bit more physical and establishing the run game and give defenses a little bit of a different look. Uh, kind of reminds me of when they had, uh, you know, Dallas Goddard and I believe Hayden Hurst. You know, they or they did a lot of not Hayden Hurst, but Zach Ertz, uh, that they did a lot of, you know, two tight end sets there. Um, so I think they get back to, uh, you know, giving defenses those looks and uh, causing a lot of confusion as well. So uh, another move that stood out to me, you know, were the Detroit Lions. You know, they activated um, a defensive back in Emmanuel Mosley. You know, he spent a lot of his time in the league, you know, with my San Francisco 49ers. And for his injury that he sustained, you know, he was performing like one of the top, you know, cornerbacks, you know, in football. So, you know, with him being activated, you know, he has a real strong, ch- uh, strong chance to potentially be ready to play you know, Thursday, you know, next Thursday against the Chiefs. And, you know, I know there hasn't been a lot of uh, defenses or defensive backs that have success against the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes and his offense. But, you know, uh, with the Lions activating, you know, a defensive back like Emmanuel Mosley, you can't do anything but potentially help uh, try to slow down the, the, the passing attack, you know, for the Chiefs. So, you know, that's some good news for Detroit. Uh, moving over to Green Bay. Um, now, the, the official rosters haven't been made yet. You know, there's teams still making, you know, cuts waves and trades and things of that nature. But, you know, by the time, you know, the dust settles around Monday or Tuesday of next week, you know, probably expect the Packers to be one of, if not the youngest rosters in in all of football. And I think this will be a a great season to get a good, you know, um, perspective on how well or bad, you know, the Packers have drafted over the last couple of years. And then I think this also puts the onus on, you know, Matt LaFleur and his uh, coaching style and his, uh, you know, the way that players have developed or not developed, um, you know, under his watch since he's been in Green Bay. I know he's earned, you know, he got his head coaching job, you know, from being a coordinator from Tennessee, you know, but, you know, since he's been, you know, the head coach at Green Bay, he's had a lot of success. Uh, but a lot of that has been credited to Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest quarterbacks that we've seen and a, a great mix of veteran players, you know, on the defense there. But now, you know, with them, you know, potentially having one of, if not the youngest rosters in football, I think a lot of onus will be put on Matt LaFleur. So, you know, I've already stated um, coming into this season that I'm pretty high on the Packers as I think they're really underrated. Um, you know, I'm on them with their season win total over the seven and a half. You know, I like them to win the division. We got it at plus 400. I think it's, you know, dropped down a little bit, you know, around 350, 320 right now uh, to win the division for Green Bay. And I'm also like them to uh, make the playoffs as well. So, you know, I'm on the Packers across the board and, you know, Matt LaFleur to win coach of the year as well. So I think that if he can have a really successful season, with one of the youngest rosters, you know, in the league, I think that really will open up a lot of eyes around, you know, the National Football League to see how great of a coach, you know, Matt LaFleur really was uh, with Aaron Rodgers and still is, you know, with the young roster like he has right now in Green Bay. So 
another bit of news that stuck out to me uh, coming out staying in the NFC North with the Minnesota Vikings is that um, we all know that they, you know, let go of Dalvin Cook, but they haven't really, you know, made any other moves to try to bring in a talent like that, you know, uh, for a cheaper price um, with Alexander Madison, who was the backup the last couple of years there, expected to be the starter. And they just care. They just have two other running backs on the roster. But right now, you know, one of those running backs is currently hurt. So, you know, I think that this running back room for Minnesota is, you know, unproven. And I think this could be very crucial and critical, you know, for Kirk Cousins and the passing game for Minnesota. As, you know, Kirk Cousins has put up a lot of good numbers, uh, you know, in Minnesota for, you know, the last couple of years. You know, last year, you know, more so than ever because of of what Justin Jefferson was able to do, um, you know, winning offensive, uh, you know, offensive player of the year. But, you know, Kirk Cousins numbers was, you know, kind of, you know, overlooked, you know, what he was able to do. He didn't get a lot of of credit and praise um, as if, you know, somebody like Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen, Joe Burrow was to put up numbers like that. Um, You know, but I think a lot of that had to do with the credit of having a balanced attack or just having a talent in the backfield like a Dalvin Cook. And since they won't have that this year um, and they're going to, you know, pretty much look to do it by committee led by Alexander Madison. Um, you know, if, if he goes down with an injury, um, you know, then I think this can really hurt, you know, the uh, the effects of the passing game. So I think this is something to really pay attention to uh, with Minnesota as they overachieved a lot last year. You know, they were one of the, you know, handful of teams, you know, that had a winning record, you know, but had a negative point differential. And that really showed up in the playoff game against the Giants when they got blew off they're on home field there. So, you know, if they're not able to get this running game, you know, established like they were able to last year led by Dalvin Cook, I think this can cause a lot of problems for Minnesota as, you know, they have some some young players on the defensive side of the ball. I do like Brian Flores over there as the defensive coordinator, you know, right now, but I don't think he has the personnel, you know, to uh, to run his system the way that he wants to. So, you know, if they're not able to run the ball, that affects the passing game as well. And you're putting, you know, a, a less talented, um, you know, lack of personnel defense on the field more than it needs to be. And, you know, that's a, a high, you know, chance to potentially be exposed at a at a really high level like they were in the playoffs. So I think this could be big problems for Minnesota moving forward. So we'll uh, just have to wait and see, you know, once the season get kicked, gets kicked off here uh, when they open up against, you know, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, then another bit of news, the last bit of news that caught my eyes, I didn't get to, you know, mention them, you know, uh, last week on last week's show on Friday, but it looks like, you know, the Cardinals, um, they're setting up, you know, for a tank season and, you know, tanking in the NFL is rare. Uh, if it, if it happens or if teams, you know, plan on doing it uh, at all, I'm pretty sure that, you know, it is in, in some type of ways, but maybe not as broadcasted like it is. And, you know, in, uh, in, in, in the NBA or Major League Baseball. But, you know, over the over the weekend and finishing up the preseason, you know, they're traded, you know, they're one of their young uh, draft picks uh, in Isaiah Simmons. And they also cut or waived, you know, their, you know, longtime backup in Colt McCoy, um, you know, who's been kind of like the uh, the stabilizer there in their locker room and, you know, has stepped in 
knowing Kyler Murray's been injured and has missed time there. Uh, but now that he's gone, you know, the potential quarterbacks um, is either going to be Josh Dobbs, who they just traded for and has been there, for, you know, for less than a month, or, you know, the rookie Clayton Toon, um, who's had a lot, who has a lot of experience coming out of the University of Houston. You know, he has some good moments in the preseason there, you know, but, you know, still a rookie. And, you know, the Cardinals, they were already one of the least talented, you know, rosters in, uh, in the NFL. They have a rookie, you know, head coach. Um, but, you know, if they're, you know, if any team's going to tank, uh, this year, you know, they're setting up pretty nicely to do it. And I can't really blame them, you know, for doing, for taking that approach as, you know, Caleb Williams is expected to be, you know, the, uh, number one pick in this year's upcoming draft out of USC quarterback there. And, uh, a lot of scouts, you know, from the NFL, you know, say that this is Patrick Mahomes in college. So, uh, if any team's going to tank, you know, this would be the year to do it, especially if you need a quarterback. You know, there's going to be, you know, other top quarterbacks available, you know, outside of Caleb Williams, like, you know, uh, Drake May out of North Carolina, and as well as uh, possibly, you know, Bo Nix out of Oregon. But Caleb Williams is, uh, you know, separated himself, you know, from the pack, you know, but, you know, for the Cardinals, um, you know, he could potentially end up there as they, you know, look to, uh, you know, reshape and, and, you know, remold this team, you know, with the new general manager, uh, a new head coach, with uh, potentially a, a new quarterback heading, you know, uh, in the 2024, you know, draft as they potentially to look to, you know, how to look to try to, you know, maneuver out of uh, Kyler Murray's, you know, contract there as he's still, you know, nursing and trying to get back healthy from his uh, Achilles tear from last year. So, now that'll wrap up the NFL talk. You know, let's quickly move over to uh, Major League Baseball and recap the action from uh, Tuesday night. Um, you know, Spencer Strider, our pick here. You know, on the show as you know uh, the Cy Young to win the Cy Young in the in the National League. You know, he had a uh, really lights out performance dating back to his last start against the Giants. Uh, he went you know seven innings, only gave up three hits. Uh, and uh, allowed just one run with nine strikeouts. And that quickly moved up his odds to the plus 170 currently right now on DraftKings, just behind Blake Snell, at, who's the favorite right now at even money. Um, you know, and before, you know, uh, Blake Snell's, you know, last performance on Monday against the Cardinals, you know, Spencer Strider had jumped in the driver's seat, you know, to win the NL Cy Young. But you know, Blake Snell had a lights out performance against St. Louis and he quickly moved to the favorite. But, you know, our ticket, you know, is a, a live is alive and well right now with Strider, you know, in the second best odds to win the National League. You know, after his start against the Pirates, you know, he dropped all the way down, you know, to six to one. But, you know, with his last, you know, couple of starts since then, you know, we're uh, we're still alive to potentially, you know, win and cash that ticket there. So. Uh, moving along to the, the AL West division, you know, this is going to be, you know, a, an interesting finish and an interesting race. You know, the, the last 30 games between the Rangers, Astros and Mariners, you know, the, over the weekend, the Mariners had quickly taken the lead, you know, for the division winner out of the AL West, you know, but they had an, uh, a big upset loss, you know, to the A's with the uh, Rangers and Astros winning their last game. So, you know, you know, all three teams are about a half a game, 
you know, within each other. Um, you know, so it's going to be a fun and exciting finish to see, you know, who's going to win that division. So, you know, with the last 30 games or so, you know, these are three teams that are at the top of my list, you know, when I'm looking at handicapping and looking at betting and the situations that they're in, as they'll have a lot of motivation, uh, all three teams will, you know, to win that division there. So, uh, one team in the AOS that doesn't have any motivation to play hard the rest of the year and looks like they waved the white flag. And that's the uh, the Angels there. You know, they recently put, you know, five key players um, on the waiver wire, you know, that they, uh, you know, a couple of these players they traded for, you know, at the deadline to try to, you know, build a stronger team around Shohei Otani and uh, Lucas Giolato, uh, Ronaldo Lopez, both coming over from the White Sox. They placed on the waivers, um, you know, and that kind of hurts them, you know, because they gave up, you know, their top two prospects to bring over those two guys, you know, as well as Hunter Renfro and uh, another high leverage arm out of their bullpen, Matt Moore, also placed on a waiver. So some other teams that are in a more, you know, serious uh, playoff contentions could look to add, you know, these five players, you know, on their rosters, you know, to try to improve, you know, their team as well. Uh, But, you know, this move for the Angels going all in, doubling down at the trade deadline to keep Otani uh, just kind of backfired and blew up in their face. But for us, it's a good thing, you know, because we were on, if you were listening to the show back then, you know, we were on the Angels under adjusted uh, season win total under 80 and a half, as well as them to miss the playoffs at a plus money price there. So looks like those two bets are safe uh, to cash, you know, as they play out the last 30 games or so. So, and I wouldn't be too surprised if we see, you know, uh, over the last, over the next week, week and a half or so, if Shohei Otani shuts it down. As we already know, he's dealing with the torn UCL ligament in his arm and will not pitch the rest of the year. And he'll probably, you know, do the right thing and just shut down the rest of the season and look to get healthy, um, you know, as, you know, they're waving the white flag here. So. Uh, let's move over to the Wednesday card, you know, for the MLB action. Got a best bet, and we're going to go to the Reds and Giants. Uh, Reds will be at the Giants, and we're going to look at the total under 8, minus 115. Currently 57% of the tickets, 92% of the money coming in on the under. Uh, Logan Webb getting the start for San Francisco. Hunter Green going for Cincinnati. And Webb over his last 90 and two-thirds innings at home, has a 2.48 ERA with a 2.65 weighted on-base average against, and Hunter Green in his 52 and two-thirds innings on the road, has a 3.93 ERA with a 3.17 weighted on-base average against. And uh, Logan Webb, he has a 20% strikeout-to-walk percentage, which is above you know league average around 15%, and he has a huge advantage going up against the Reds, uh, offense that currently has the second highest strikeout percentage at 28.7% over the last 20 to 25 games. And Hunter Green, he also can rack up the strikeouts and lower the walks with a 21% strikeout to walk percentage. And he also has an advantage going up against this Giants offense that has the seventh highest strikeout percentage at 26% over their last 20 to 25 games. And both offenses, they both rank in the bottom 10 and weighted on base average and weighted runs created plus over the last 20 to 25 games. So 
we have a lot of key factors working for us, you know, for this under here, um, you know, with, you know, some high strikeout leverage pitchers that don't walk a lot of batters with two uh, struggling offenses. So we're going to look to go uh, with the under here, under eight, minus 115. You can find those odds at DraftKings. And, you know, that's going to be the only best bet on the card, you know, for Wednesday night in Major League Baseball. So, you know, we do have college football week one officially getting started on on Thursday. A handful of games there. Got a best bet as well coming out of uh, a Thursday night action. And we're going to go to the matchup between Nebraska and Minnesota. And we're going to play Nebraska getting seven right now over Minnesota. Uh, currently 67% of tickets, 76% of the money coming in on Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska, they have, you know, returning 120 starts on the offensive line. And that's a pretty big deal. You know, when you're looking at starting off the college football season, you know, they have a lot of continuity, a lot of chemistry, camaraderie up front. So I think they'll be able to handle the Minnesota defensive line. Uh, and Minnesota on their offensive line is just the opposite. They're returning, you know, less than 50 starts combined on their offensive line. So a uh, pretty young, inexperienced going up against a, a defensive line and a conference opponent there. I think there's going to be a lot of struggles for that Minnesota offensive line up front. Um, also, Nebraska, they have a transfer quarterback coming in from Georgia Tech and Jeff Sims Jr., as well as the new head coach and Matt Rule. Um, didn't have a lot of success as a head coach in the NFL, but he's made his niche and carved his niche, you know, in the college football game as the way that he approaches the game, you know, fits more, you know, of a college football standpoint. So I, I really like that edge and that, uh, that opportunity there for Matt Rule to reestablish, you know, his name and what he was able to do in college football before he jumped to the NFL. And, you know, when these two teams played last year, you know, Nebraska, they lost by seven as a 14 point dog. But I think the biggest factor in that matchup was the turnover margin. You know, they were minus one in turnovers and they just had a, a negative uh, 33 net yards. So I think that with them being able to take better care of the ball, having a big advantage on the offensive line. You know, I like Nebraska not only get the plus seven with getting the points here, but I also think they're live to win this one outright. But, you know, we'll play it safe for week one and just take Nebraska, you know, getting seven points over Minnesota to get week one officially kicked off for college football. So, you know, that's going to wrap up the show. You know, got had a lot to get into, a lot to talk about, and we'll have even more on Friday as we break down, you know, a full slate of games college football on saturday so with that being said you know i wish you guys best of luck you know if you haven't already don't forget to head over to apple or spotify and rate review subscribe download or share the show wish you guys best of luck and i will catch up with you on friday